You're tuning in to Enjoying God with S.J. Hill, a series of podcast and vlog interviews diving deeper into themes and experiences of a beautiful God and His beautiful gospel from S.J.'s life and over 50 years of ministry. Please share and subscribe and send any questions or comments to stephenhill6 at gmail.com. We may even include your questions in a future episode. We're praying that you'll be blessed by these recordings to truly know what it means to glorify God by enjoying Him forever. All right. Well, uh, thanks, guys, for joining us again for uh, episode two here of uh, the Enjoying Pod, uh, Enjoying God podcast with S.J. Hill. Um, Last week, we kind of did an introduction and had a really great time, um, and we want to continue doing these. And so uh, this is episode two, and we've just been kind of, you know, discussing, um, SJ and I don't live too far from each other. Occasionally, we get to hang out and uh, been discussing what, you know, different topics we want to cover. And uh, in this, this second episode, you know, I really wanted to get into what has been one of what I feel is a major theme of SJ's ministry over the years, and that is uh, the father heart of God. And it's something that's been, again, it's been spoken about a lot more recently, but for, for years and years, and as we've been discussing in the history of the church, you know, you don't hear a lot of language around God as father and around, you know, just what that means and all the implications. And so, It's been amazing to see over the last few decades as that's kind of come uh, to the awareness of the church. It's been, you know, there's multiple books on it now, you know, different folks that'll share on it or minister on it. But uh, SJ, you've been ministering on it for, I don't know, some several decades now. Right. And uh, yeah, so I just, you know, wanted to pick your brain and I, I thought it would be something really powerful to to have this second episode be on the, the father heart of god and so i don't know i guess i just to start out love to just ask you what are what have you encountered over these years of ministering this message and uh what what have you seen as you've uh, began to minister uh, the father heart of god yeah great matt uh um it's just uh, awesome to be with you again um, yeah thanks for Doing these. I, I, I've had uh, I've had some very interest interesting responses. Uh, everything from people expressing that their heart was really melted by an understanding of uh, God's affections for them, you know, revealed in the message of the Father Heart of God. Uh, but I've also uh, noticed that. In, in a number of different circles, it's like you're talking a different language. You know, it, it's like, uh, I really believe in our heart of hearts, people want to grasp this, but because we really haven't heard much about God as Father over the years, it's just really hard to comprehend. Um, as I said last time, you know, we, we know that Jesus loves us because he died for us, and... Uh, Right. We love the activity of the Holy Spirit in our lives, though we don't always understand it. But uh, 
Yeah, the word father, man, uh, has dialed up a lot of different responses to people in different parts of the world. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this recently as to why that is. And, and I think uh, there are several reasons. Uh, first of all, and I just want to make a general statement, I think we've had a forgotten father in the church for centuries. Um, yeah. You know, I may have shared this the last time I was talking to you, but uh, I grew up never hearing a message on the Father Heart of God. Now, we would pray what's come to be called the Lord's Prayer. Um, I would hear people talk uh, about God as Father, but more in theological terms than in right. real heartfelt terms. Uh, and I've done a little delving into... Uh, why over the centuries it seems that we've had a forgotten father and uh you know for example i was just uh looking again at uh some of the history of the protestant reformation and uh the reformers that god used and luther for example could never conceive of god as father on an emotional level because he was raised by a cruel father and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just think some of what was emphasized in the Protestant Reformation, as much as I'm thankful for the good that came out of it, was so rooted in uh, a legal, uh, transactional kind of approach to redemption and salvation that what came out of it was more a picture of God as this stern, harsh, angry judge yes. sitting behind a bench, you know, with a gavel in his hand, ready to do anybody in that he disagreed with. And uh, again, I'm not wanting to demean the, the sacrifice and the uh, labor and the efforts of the Protestant reformers, but, uh, you know, I was just rereading some stuff today and... Uh, a number of the prominent reformers had studied law. And so yeah. I think coming out of that uh, background and environment uh, with all of the swirl that was going on in tackling religion and, uh, yeah, all that went with uh, the leaving of Catholicism and embracing justification by faith, I just think that in that, uh, there was more of an emphasis on the legal transactional aspects of salvation than speaking of God as a father in very endearing terms where <laughs> we see a father who always wanted a family and yeah. wanted us to be a part of the relationship that God had as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So I don't want to sound trite, but I think that's a bigger issue than what we would even want to admit to. Yeah. And then I think one of the other big issues can be traced back to what really started to become a predominant theme in the 11th century, and it was promoted by Anselm. And that's called um, uh, the whole 
message of satisfaction where God had to be appeased. And so he killed his own son. He put his own son to death to appease his wrath and anger and holiness. And so again, you have the father pitted against the son. <laughs> right. Even the way it's been taught, you know, over the last number of years in various circles, you've got God temporarily turning his back on Jesus on the cross because Jesus said in Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And we don't read the rest of the Psalm. Yeah. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Cause that's a very, well, I mean, yeah, I, I, uh, I am more than willing to do that. I'd like to get into that more later. Sure. Maybe in a, sure. in a different, uh, different podcast but um yeah if you study psalm 22 you know jesus is saying that as a human being uh going through incredible horrific <laughs> pain and cruelty but if you read the rest of the psalm it's obvious you know david uh and even jesus didn't feel that god had forsaken him it was just, uh, yeah, the horrific horrors of uh, of the cross, and and the end of Psalm twenty two is is one of praise and rejoicing and uh, uh, a heartfelt belief that God and I could say His Father was with Him. You know what I'm saying? Like David could have that assurance. So. Again, when you put those two things together, I, I just think that over the centuries, God has been presented as this cosmic bully, you know. Um, in, in fact, you know, the insurance companies believe he's a cosmic bully, you know. He's the one that <laughs> yeah. sends the hurricanes and the floods. And right. <laughs> it, it's amazing what we attribute to God. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. That's it, really. It, uh, it even is uh, infiltrated into the church where, you know, God's the author of sickness. And, uh, yeah, everything that's bad because of this hyper-sovereignty message um, comes from God. You know, yeah. like mudslides in Mexico that kill 300 children. Well, that's a sovereign act of God. And somehow, yeah. you know, he's glorified. Well, I, I believe in the sovereignty of God. But that, that is not the father that Jesus revealed. Come on. You know, uh, Jesus yeah. said the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come to give life and life more abundantly. Uh, Jesus Absolutely. said, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. There are so many uh, scriptures that I could refer to at this point. But I really think that because of this whole issue of God having to be satisfied. And then with right. everything going on during the Protestant Reformation and uh, salvation uh, becoming more of a, a legal transaction. You yeah. know, e even today we, we pray a sinner's prayer and I'm not, I'm not bad mouthing, bad mouthing that in one sense, but that wasn't even in, in existence until the early 1700s. You know, and Finney, before he died, 
what was uh, was really disheartened about the fact that he placed too much emphasis on the mourners bench. Um, yeah, and he was another lawyer too, wasn't he? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. And, and he he had some great insights through the Holy Spirit um, about the love of God. But you know, while I'm not opposed to the sinner's prayer, so please don't get upset. You know, Jesus, in defining eternal life in John 17, 3, said, and this is eternal life, that they may know you. And that's speaking of an intimate, relational knowing, not having our minds filled with information. But he said it. Eternal yeah. life is intimately knowing God. And that affects even our emotions. It's not about, okay... I'm going to pray a prayer. Praise God. I'm going to heaven because I prayed this prayer. And then either out of fear or duty and obligation, uh, we, we try and earn acceptance from God. We, we try and do all the right things. Like I said last time, you know, that was my experience. I couldn't pray enough. I couldn't uh, read the scriptures enough. I couldn't fast enough. I couldn't jump high enough, run fast enough. I couldn't jump through the hoops enough. And, exactly. and uh, yeah, and, and man, we, we have got to come back. God has always been in relationship and he invites us into that this has always been about relationship this has not a bit been about god has to be appeased or he has to be satisfied you know and then from there it gets into uh the whole issue of god can't look on sin seriously god can't look on sin what do you think he sees 24 7 i mean you know dealing did, with the human I'm, dilemma you know yeah. and, and uh well, you know, he drove the first couple out of the garden. Well, <laughs> he didn't drive them out, but they they were brought out for their own benefit for reasons we can get into later. And but but in in all of that, the father was pursuing the first couple, and you see this throughout the scriptures. Yeah, he's not he was. this ogre. He's yeah. not this cosmic bully. Come on, that has to be satisfied. <laughs> You know, th this is all about having those who have been lost brought back to the family in an yeah. experiential way. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, and I, I, uh, that's the big shift of what you're presenting, what you've been preaching, is that that move from transactional courtroom law, you know, based satisfaction to, to family. And to seeing that the Trinity is family and that God has always existed in relationship. And uh, I don't know if, you know, if you want to speak a little bit more to that, but I think for me, I grew up only ever hearing about this transactional thing. And right. yeah, you could hear occasional, you know, the times have changed a bit and we're hearing more, but it was only until recently that this heavy emphasis on wow, God has always been in relationship. God has always been a family. There's always been Father, Son, Holy Spirit in this communion that, that salvation is all about restoring us to that. And uh, right. Right. I don't know if you can speak more to that, but that 
that's this this shift from that one view of this you know singular god to actual trinitarian life you know yeah i i uh i would just say this um you know people say when they hear about the trinitarian life and the triunity of god well i don't understand that well who does? <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what sure. I'm saying? If, if you could figure this out with your head, uh, God wouldn't be God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But the picture, the picture that we need to get is that God has always been in relationship. And this thing called redemption, gospel, it's relational. Yeah. And Jesus came to introduce us to his father. I was just uh, reflecting on John 17, 23 again today, and I'm not going to turn there, but it's just absolutely profound where, where Jesus says that the father loves us yes. as much as he loves him. I mean, that that's just staggering. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But yeah. that's what the gospel is. It's a declaration of God's heart God's kingdom and what we have been called to as far as union with Father Jesus, Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, I don't think it's coincidental that over the last several generations, we're starting to hear more and more about the Father heart of God. Mm. Because I would just say from my own research uh, over the past several generations, we're dealing with fatherlessness on a right. scale that has probably never been seen in the earth before. Part of it's the population yep. of the world, yep. but uh, it, it's absolutely mind-boggling, um, the father issues that are in this generation. And so I believe Holy Spirit is releasing an understanding of God as Father because we've had too much false fear of the Lord. Right. You can't give your heart to somebody that you're scared to death of. And to use fear as a motivation to keep people in line or to do the quote unquote Christian disciplines. Yeah. That's not a response of love. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. And people who have, uh, have challenged me on some of this. I, I, I've said to them, listen, you, you think fear-based obedience is obedience at all? It's a wrong motive. Yeah, exactly. It, in fact, I think, is there anything that the gospel is about if it's not about heart change? You exactly. know, things from the heart. Otherwise, yeah. what's the difference between law and gospel? Or We might as well just uh, invoke just a pure criminal system-based, you know, punishment-based uh, religion. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so yeah, anyway. for sure. <laughs> you know, I was just uh, just going back over some statistics today, and uh, I mean, we have almost 25 million children in America that don't live with their um, biological fathers, and these have these have serious implications and consequences. I mean, you talk about societal issues. <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, and exactly. Father God wants to heal that. You know, Holy Spirit is working in the lives of every human being to to 
awakened their hearts to the goodness of the Father and to say, yeah. you don't have to live orphan lives. You know, you're, you're clueless about how good <laughs> Father is. Yes, yes. And I don't want you going through all the slime of your bad choices. I don't want you being lost thinking that your sin, your stuff has separated you from God. <laughs> oh, gee. Yeah, in our own minds, God, God's never separated himself from us because of uh, our screw-ups. I mean, Come on. we could take an isolated passage, you know, Habakkuk 1.13, you know, God has pure eyes than to behold evil. And the prophet says that, but later in the same verse, it's like Holy Spirit kind of. <laughs> yeah, I was the prophet kind of asking a question there, wasn't it? Something like that, you know? Yeah, but then, but then as the questions progress, um, it, it's obvious that uh, that uh, that isn't the case. That yeah. God looks on the treacherous. Yeah. I mean, well, and, that, and that's has, the thing. Too, what does right? he have to see, huh? It's like once we we start to realize, oh, God is Father, you know. It, but then it's like, what kind of Father is God? Yeah, exactly. You know, what What is that like, and what it What is it? What do we, you know, experience in this fathering that that yeah, God? Yeah, yeah. For us, you know, because uh, that yeah, kind of I know um, that kind of picture is more like a, a deadbeat dad that disappears at a moment's notice whenever you do something wrong, you know. Yeah, you've got you've got an absent father, um, uh, where he's not there, or uh, you can have uh, an absent father in the sense that he's there, but he isn't there emotionally for you, the passive father. Right. And then you can have an authoritarian father. I mean, the stuff I've heard, Matt. You know, about the time you think you've heard it all, horror <laughs> stories. Seriously. Right. Uh, I, I remember when I was in Pensacola um, teaching at a, a Bible school, um, there was a woman who worked in the office, and one day she approached me as I had come back to my office uh, after a class, and she said, S.J., can I talk to you for a few minutes? And to make a long story short, um, she was wondering if I would spend some time with her husband. Now, now get, get, a, get a load of this. Uh, her husband was a nice guy. He had been a part of a Hell's Angel biker gang before he encountered Jesus, um, tattooed all over the place. And you know, now he's in Bible school. And uh, I had uh, done some different classes on different subjects. And man, here he was on the front row, you know, taking detailed notes. Well, he came into a class I did the, the second year I was there, um, all about intimacy with God, emphasizing God as our father. Well, the first class, when the first class took place, he, he was on the front row. And then as the weeks progressed, I saw him kind of retreating further back in the classroom until he was sitting in the back row, not even taking notes, man, looking like... Uh, you know, Antichrist had showed up. You know, I mean, he was just really disturbed. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't uh, say anything about it. Um, didn't uh, approach him about it because he'd always been encouraging to me. 
So when his wife approached me and said, uh, would you be willing to talk to my husband? I, I said, sure, but I'm not sure, you know, he's going to, to respond. Well, come to find out, he did. He uh, wanted to go out to, to supper. And so, um, you know, we had ordered our meal. And, uh, man, he just bared his heart. He said, SJ, I love you. I love your classes. Don't take this personally. But he said, I grew up with such a mean, harsh father that when you talk about God as father, that word father dials up all kinds of emotions in me. And then he right. proceeds to tell me that his mom and dad used to love to go dancing on the weekends. And his dad was too tight to even afford a babysitter. So his dad would literally tie him to the stair rail as a little boy in wow. a dark house for hours. Jeez. And then he said, when my dad went to discipline me, he would take me down into the basement and basically beat me up. Yeah. And so again, I may have mentioned this in our last podcast, my eyes started getting open to the power of that one word, father. Yeah. And, and while that word awakened my heart to love, um, and I didn't have that kind of response, um, you know, like I said last time, I was raised in a Christian home by good parents. The ministry took my dad away from me because back in the sure. 50s, yeah. the pastors were expected to do everything. You know, I can still picture my dad down in his study in the basement of our house running off the bulletin on Saturday night, you know, and he had to teach Sunday school class, preach two sermons on Sunday, one on Wednesday. He headed up the hospital visitation program. So my dad was there, but he wasn't there for me emotionally. And I don't fault him. I mean, before my mom passed away a couple of years ago, we, we got to, to spend some good quality time. And she shared, shared things with me about what my dad went through uh, right. and the pressure he was under coming out of World War II uh, and then going to college to get a degree in theology. He felt called to, to be a pastor. And, and then mom gets pregnant on their honeymoon, which <laughs> right. leads me to believe I wasn't expected or planned. Uh, <laughs> and then he worked, he worked eight hours a day, man, and took a full load of classes in school. And then... Had, had a son, you know, so it's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers at him. I'm not playing the blame game. Yeah. Uh, and this is not an indictment against our fathers or fathers in general. Um, you know, being parents is not, not easy. And uh, I don't care how many books you read on the subject, you know, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, but the thing is, um, yeah, I, that, that's another reason why I think we, we have heard so little about the Father heart of God over, over the centuries is because a lot of people, without even uh, being able to talk about it, grew up in very hostile environments in their home. The reason why this, this crapola, pardon my Hebrew, gets passed down from, from one generation to the next is because you get raised in this environment of, of uh, abuse or uh, 
fathers who are absent or passive or uh, performance-based environments where the only time you're ever affirmed is if you do something right, you know, whether it's your schoolwork or um, sports or music. Uh, yeah, you're going to start passing down those <laughs> those traits because of wrong mindsets. You know what I'm saying? So, so um, I, I am so thankful to Holy Spirit for what's been going on you know, in my generation and now what I see in younger generations. Uh, when I first started teaching this, there were very few books. <laughs> there were very few that were teaching on this. And now I'm looking at guys your age and uh, a little older. And it's just, it's just like, uh, man, this is common language now in the church, you know, and you hear so much about the father heart of God and, uh, and uh, that's not to say there isn't still some fear-based, shame-based, performance-based stuff being uh, taught, but right. uh, I'm really encouraged, man. I'm really encouraged by by what uh, I'm seeing, and that just proves yeah. that that Father Jesus, Holy Spirit, just so want humanity to be caught up in this. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's. Uh, it's a great time to be alive, and uh, I, I, I'm so thankful for these podcasts because uh, because uh, I moved back to to northern Indiana to be with my mom, who was having health issues, and yeah, it affected my travels, and, and, and I don't say that as a martyr. I mean, it was an honor for me to be here for my mom, yeah. um, and, and, and so just going over some notes, thinking about what I wanted to talk about today with you. Um, man, it got my juices flowing, man. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked. <laughs> I mean, you know, th this, this is just who I am, you know? Uh, and, and I'm thinking the beautiful gospel is such that. It's better than we ever imagined, man. It's yeah. better than we ever imagined. That's exactly right. And, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know there are people that aren't very emotional, and uh, and and that's fine. We we have different personality types. I get that, but I still I still believe that the more we meditate on God's heart and start letting some of these negative mindsets, religious mindsets, fall by the wayside, yeah, and start meditating on God as our father revealed in Jesus that we're actually going to start to feel this at a deep heart level, you know, where, where you go, Whoa, you know, can it be this good? I mean, maybe we wouldn't express it that way, but it's like, woo, you know, what just touched my heart, you know? So, so uh, yeah. Thanks yeah, so much, man, for coming alongside me and, and, absolutely. Uh, it, and, and yeah, and doing I think this. That's what I was going to ask maybe to kind of, as we kind of wrap this, this episode up is just, and you were already kind of sharing it, but you know, if someone's wanting to connect with this more, I mean, what, what would you recommend? Like, you know, if they're, if they realize, oh, you know, I haven't really experienced God much as father, or there's been these barriers or hindrances. I mean, just spending some time contemplating certain scriptures or yes. what, 
found yes. it. Yeah, let, let, let me just read a couple of scriptures. And sure. uh, um, yeah, I was going to get more into this, but I got carried away, man. What can I say? Well, like you said, we, <laughs> a lot of these might become multi-episode things. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Romans 8, 15. Boy, th this is so good. Come on, guys and gals. Open up your heart to this, your emotions to this, your mind to this. For you, yeah. you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. Come on. What are we afraid of? We're afraid of punishment. We're afraid of standing before God one day and God as the angry judge exposing us, warts and all. Uh, what are we afraid of? We're afraid of not being able to measure up, not doing enough. Whatever that fear is, we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And Abba is an Aramaic <laughs> word, and it's a very endearing term. It's yeah. Uh, yeah, familial intimacy. And, uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. Just yeah. to think about that. You can sit and then, on that. And then, and then Holy Spirit comes. Sorry, Matt. Holy no, no. Spirit comes. And in the next verse, it says, he comes to bear witness to our, to our hearts that we are children of God. So, yeah. so yes, we, we need to meditate on the scriptures. I've said to some people, this took me a while to get, you know, I, I wasn't raised in this kind of uh, environment where I heard anything about this. Um, but I remember somebody went to a conference. I didn't even go to it. <clears throat> and there were some uh, workbooks. And one of the speakers had talked about God as father. And so I started uh meditating on that like i said a few minutes ago there were hardly any books available when holy spirit started opening up my heart to, to this and uh and and yet i i meditated on that workbook the scriptures mentioned in that workbook um started thinking about god as my father i i love the word father um I love Jesus. I love Holy Spirit. Yes. But for me, having an absent father in the emotional sense, uh, not that he didn't love me. Uh, he, he was a great man. But that word father just grabbed my heart, man, and yeah. started messing with me in a good way. And then the whole idea of enjoying God and believing that God actually enjoys us in the process of maturing you know he's not just kind of right. putting up with us and then one day in heaven we're glorified oh hey yeah yeah I actually do kind of like these kids you know <laughs> uh, it, it's not like that at all and uh and, and so you know meditating on scriptures like this or first john chapter four well, which, which of your uh, which of your books speaks the most to this? Would you say you know if you if you had to recommend you know uh, I, I you don't your own you don't, you're not you're not here promoting your own stuff. That's right. why I, yeah I got a thought out of you, but uh, yeah. 
No, it would be the book Enjoying God. Yeah, yeah. Because that book is really all about God as Father. And since I wrote that back in the year 2000, my, my understanding has, has uh, grown. Uh, I probably would reword a few things sure. in there. <laughs> yeah. But what I've said to people is this takes time. Holy Spirit, but Holy Spirit's there to help you. He's there yes. to bear witness with you that you're children. You're not orphans. Come on. Yeah, so... so it's not about getting up in the morning and reading a few verses to get God yeah. off your back or to feel good about yourself. I, I've told students, listen, if you don't get past one verse, exactly. that's fine. Yeah, it's keep it real. It's what you get out of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's awesome, man. You know, like 1 John 4, 17, love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love. Listen to that. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him. Hello. Because he first loved us. Yeah. <laughs> He's Just, the pursuer. Yeah. The that's pursuer the, of the human heart. So good. So good. So he's up there kind of like this. And see, that's <laughs> the other thing, man. I know we got to quit. But that's the other thing, you know, back to this whole satisfaction theory. Right. Um, it's like God the Father had to be appeased, and so he put his own son to death. And the only reason why he even tolerates us now is because Jesus now stands between his father and us is kind of doing this, you know. Father, yeah. remember my sacrifice, you know, and I'm being a bit facetious, but it's true. Yeah. Well, and, and yeah, I hope yeah. we can unpack that in some of these future episodes too, maybe discuss yeah. a little more like yeah. what actually happened at the cross, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. I'll leave with this. Second Corinthians 5:18 says that Father God was in Christ on the cross, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their sins against them. That Come needs on. to be taught. Yeah. I, I never heard that preach growing up. The God. Father was in Christ. He wasn't yes. separated from Christ. And this whole satisfaction, penal thing that's taught, it, it pits the Father against the Son. It separates the Father from the Son. When Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit were all at work yes. in bringing redemption to humanity. So anyway. So good. Hey, this is all your fault, man. You 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 bring you brought this out of me today. Provoke it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, we can wrap it up there. Um, let's see here. Yeah, we I think we can wrap it up there, brother. Thanks so much. And uh, we're definitely gonna have to unpack more of this in the future episodes. So we'll see if maybe this is just part one or uh, you know, or or you know if we jump around a little bit and come back to it, but thanks so much for doing these SJ. Oh, really thank you for helping me. And, and there's going to be part two yeah. and part three. Right, right. Exactly. Because, yes. because I really want to get into what is the true fear of the Lord. You know, we, we've got to break these, these uh, strongholds of thinking off of our minds. And I, I, I want to come back to that whole performance trap that a yes. lot of us have, have been caught up in, in the past. And, 
Mine. Yeah, I want to talk about the passions of God revealed in Jesus, um, the running, kissing, embracing father of Luke 15. And so there we go. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. So, yeah, thanks for helping me do this, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, thanks, SJ. And, and for everybody who's been tuning in, um, you can also feel free to send questions uh, to SJ, whether we'll get to all of them or not. We don't know, but There'll be uh, links uh, and info in the description of this podcast, uh, in the YouTube videos, and uh, this will be live on Facebook as well. So but feel free to send in your questions. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Look out for these future episodes coming up. So thanks again, everyone. And uh, thanks, SJ. We'll just sign off. Uh, we'll sign off for there for this week. Father bless you. Find more from S.J. Hill at sjhillonline.com or purchase his books on Amazon by entering S.J. Hill into the Amazon search bar. Thanks for joining us today. And don't forget to subscribe and share this with anyone who might be blessed by the content. S.J. does a limited number of speaking events per year. Please send any questions or event ideas to stephenhill6 at gmail.com. And may we all continue to enjoy the Father, Son, and Spirit who always fully enjoy us.